Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Neon Belly. I had a burning episode idea that I wanted to get out there real quick due to two events that happened earlier this week. So last Friday when I trained, I didn't have a very good performance compared to my performances as of late. I've improved a lot from October until now and you know, obviously we're never perfect, right? But I've been performing at a certain level and on Friday at open mat, which is my favorite time to train, I usually try to roll an hour straight every Friday. I just wasn't clicking on all four cylinders. And it was a little bit frustrating because I was used to a certain level of performance from myself recently and I just wasn't hitting it. And it was kind of frustrating. And then, you know, Monday night I trained and it was sort of a little bit better, but I was still just felt a little bit rusty. And then today, which is Wednesday, I trained tonight and I was back to sort of firing on all cylinders and really performing at the level that I've been used to performing at recently. So I had already had the idea to do this episode a few days ago after last Friday. I wanted to do an episode about how to handle a slump and how to handle not performing like we want to perform and sort of the two categories that bad performance nights tend to fall into, in my opinion, and how to approach each one. And now that I had a much better performance tonight, it just really reinforces to me even more that this is an episode that I want to knock out and have it ready in the morning. So Thursday morning, you should be seeing this uh, and I guess I'll hop right into it. When we don't perform how we want to perform, there are usually two things that are going on. The first case is definitely a little more traumatic, for lack of a better word. And this is when everything just sucks. You're getting smashed. You're getting crushed. Everything is going badly. Every time you try your moves, they aren't working. Every time you try a new move, you know, when something's not working, that gets crushed too. People you usually hang with are crushing you. People you usually crush, you're like barely hanging with them. These are just nights where you are just absolutely, you go home and you sit in the car and you wonder, why am I even doing this? Is jujitsu even for me? Why am I putting myself through this? This is supposed to be a challenging and difficult journey, but this night was just terrible. And if it's going to be like this, I don't know how much I want to keep training. A lot of people have had those nights. So for this example, I think it really is helpful to go back and take a look at what specifically went wrong. A lot of times when you just get absolutely crushed by somebody there are technical deficits at play and a lot of times it really does come down to technique and you can start to notice patterns and trends when i go for this over underpass or this body lock pass i'm getting omoplotted every single time that's good feedback that you need to sharpen up that body lock pass or try a different kind of pass Every time I go for this spider guard sweep, they strip the feet off my biceps and I get leg drag pass. So 
you know, maybe it's time to incorporate the lasso game into the spider hook. Maybe you need to just have a more active hook game with that spider hook and keep a little more tension there. This is where going home and journaling or making diary notes, maybe doing stuff. I even, my friend David Porter does stuff on an Excel spreadsheet. All of this is stuff that I've never been great at for as much stuff as I kind of have memorized and as much stuff as I've talked about on the podcast as far as just lots of different pieces of technical information. I actually don't take a lot of notes. I don't write a lot of stuff down. It's never been a big strength of mine, but the few times I have had really bad performance nights and gone home, maybe not the same night, but at least within 24 hours have written down specifically what I was going for and specifically what went wrong and how it went wrong. If these terrible nights happen or these terrible training sessions happen multiple times and you do a little debrief afterwards, you'll probably notice a lot of trends that the same things went wrong in the same ways. So this is the first category and it's actually not really the category I wanted to focus on. The second category I wanted to focus on is what happened to me on Friday when I trained last at Open Mat, which is where nothing went horribly wrong, but nothing, things just weren't really clicking all the way. And this is something that tends to happen more as you get a little bit better, as you hit the intermediate and advanced levels of grappling. You, You may have nights where it's hard to pinpoint one specific thing. You know, it's not as if you went for a hook sweep that just failed. It was just a bad hook sweep. And no, it's it's more like maybe you went for the sweep and it felt pretty good, but it just didn't work. It was just a half a second too late or a half a second too early or the placement of your hook was just a couple centimeters too far to the left or the right. And it's just these little things that almost feel intangible and it gets really frustrating because you know you sit back and you assess your role you know you get home after class you think about everything that happened and you sort of go ah you know this this was a real bummer I didn't feel as if I did anything egregiously wrong I didn't make any unforced errors I didn't make any stupid decisions and maybe I didn't even perform terribly as a whole but everything I did just wasn't quite where I wanted it to be and really wasn't quite where it should be, if I'm being honest with myself. You know, speaking personally, I'm holding myself to a higher standard and what I was doing just, it it wasn't acceptable to my standards. And this is where the solution for situation number one can actually have bad effects. So in this case, I actually think it's not a great idea to sit around and take a bunch of notes on what happened and where things failed and where things didn't go right for you. In this case, in situation number two, I wanted to advocate something that I really picked up when talking with one of my coaches and mentors, Brandon McCatherin, BMAC at 10th Planet Decatur, We were having a conversation just about how a lot of athletes in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and mixed martial arts 
didn't play a lot of traditional team sports growing up. And I did. And I've, I, I love basketball. It's my favorite sport besides martial arts. And I watch a lot of basketball. Played for one year, but wasn't any good. And uh, Brandon was just saying that people that play team sports tend to take these kinds of off-night performances a lot better than combat sports athletes in his you know, years of experience. And incidentally, he mentioned that a lot of MMA athletes get really kind of angry when they have bad performance nights. And Brazilian jiu-jitsu players, submission grapplers, get really kind of introspective and withdrawn. And they really internalize that. And that, that definitely rings true with me. That That's what I do. And um, just anecdotally, a lot of training partners and friends I've noticed that in them when they don't have great performance nights so he was just sort of saying look you like basketball right and I go yeah you know I love basketball and he's like all right look man you know some nights I'm going to mention Kobe Bryant rest in peace one of my favorite players ever Kobe may go out there and he may drop 81 on Jalen Rose like he did in like 06 07 or he may go out there and have a really off night. Those nights don't get talked about. You know, when Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant and guys like that, when they have cold nights, sometimes the ball just doesn't drop. You know, looking at the jump shot, you can have great elevation with your feet, high release point with your hand, you know, perfect rotation on the ball. And it just, you watch it on TV and it's heading right to the rim. The alignment looks good. Everything looks perfect. And sometimes it just bricks. Like sometimes the ball just doesn't drop. And I think adopting an attitude like that with jujitsu, especially in this second scenario where you have an off night, but it's not a horrible night. It's just nothing felt quite right. Just realizing that, hey, we play a sport like all sports. Sometimes the ball just doesn't drop. Sometimes the sweep just doesn't land. Sometimes the pass just doesn't finish. Sometimes the submission just doesn't seal the deal. And you just kind of shrug your shoulders. You get some sleep. You wake up the next day. And the next time you train, you try again. So I actually think if you are in this second category of a bad performance night, it's really good to not overly dwell on it. It'll take a lot of mental pressure off of yourself. It'll take a lot of anxiety off yourself to just kind of let it go. Try not to think too much about it. Go back and then try again. And after Friday, I really kind of let it go. I was, you know, I was thinking about it for, you know, 30 minutes or so after class. I can't lie. I wasn't happy with how I did and you know but then I could just kind of try to let it go you know I had a good weekend took my dog to the beach for the first time this year had a really great time and then Monday night trained again and it wasn't as sharp as usual but it was a little bit better and again I just tried not to dwell on it too much and then tonight I went in and everything was great everything felt back to normal I was getting the sweeps I wanted the passes I wanted, the back takes I wanted, the submissions I wanted, everything felt really great. And I realized that 
you know, one of the things that gets a lot of people to get frustrated with jujitsu and quit jujitsu is they let their highs bring them too high and they let their lows bring them too low. You know, I heard a quote a long time ago that said, you know, if a person, a place or a thing, like if a, if a vice you have, if a girlfriend or boyfriend you have, if they can get you high, they can get you low too. And that's true about jujitsu. I think it's really important not to live and die on the mats. It's important to have, uh, kind of keep an even ground. If you have a really awesome performance night and you, you're tapping out everybody that's better than you, you're, you're just a once in a lifetime. You're in that flow state. You know, you feel like you're out there at the Worlds or ADCC and just wrecking shop. It's important to not let that get to your head. Don't let that get you too high. And if you go in there and you get absolutely smashed the next day or six months later or whenever, don't let that get you too low either. Try to kind of live in the middle ground and realize that we're just doing a sport. We happen to do a sport that has a lot of demands on us, you know, but regardless, Try to live in that middle ground. So to sort of recap, this isn't going to be the longest episode, but I just really, really, really wanted to get this out there while it was fresh on my mind. The two scenarios of bad performance, I mean, there's more than two scenarios, but the main two that come to mind to me are you get absolutely crushed in practice. If this happens, especially if it happens multiple times, you really need to examine what's going on. You need to be taking notes. You know, even consider filming your roles if if that's an option where you train. I know some people get weird about having themselves being filmed. But if you can get some footage of yourself rolling, that can help a lot. Going and competing can help you level up. But likely in that situation, there is something that's a big technical deficit in one or more areas of your game that's causing you to have really bad performances. This is this is a big thing of what happens in the blue belt blues, which I'll do another episode on. Um, and in situation two, where you don't have an egregiously terrible performance night, but you just overall aren't cooking on all four cylinders and aren't performing up to your usual standards, or you know maybe where the expectations are for where you are in the game. In this case, I really think letting it go. Just let it roll off your back. Don't overthink it. And then get back to training. And then if it gets worse, if it continues to happen or gets worse, then it sort of becomes more like situation one where it's like, okay, all right, I thought I was good here. I thought I maybe just had an off night. Oh, wow. Maybe I had two off nights. Okay. I had three off nights and this third night was worse than the first two. Then maybe that's a sign that there really are some technical deficiencies there that need to be addressed. And then you can sort of default to the answer to situation one, and you can start to take notes, get feedback, have a coach or a really trusted training partner watch your roles and give you some feedback. A lot of times our kinesthetic awareness, our ability to feel things isn't as good as other people's ability to see it. I can't tell you all how many times I thought I was doing something just right, and I could have sworn that my foot, my hand, my limb was in this exact spot, and then, 
somebody watching the role afterwards said, no, it wasn't there at all. You, you thought your head was above your hips? No, your head was, you know, three inches behind your hips, which in jujitsu terms, grappling terms, that might as well be a mile. You know, three inches is like, can make a huge difference. <laughs> um, so, yeah, basically just trying to know the difference between these two categories and then applying the appropriate response. Now, these aren't, aren't the only two responses, and there might be people that would disagree with me on both of these counts, but these are two things that anecdotally, at least speaking for myself and other training partners and coaches I've had over the years, these are two great approaches to deal with two very common uh, problems that arise with training nights, training days that don't go as you want them to go. I was just about to close this episode down and realized that real quick, I wanted to touch on the flip side of this because I think this is important as well to look at the flip side of the coin. If you have an exceptional training night where everything is clicking for you and everything is firing on all cylinders and you do much better than usual, I'm still saying to not let this get you too high. But this is another situation where it can be really good to go home and write down what you did. And not just on the mat, but sort of think about, because a lot of times when you perform a lot better than usual, it's because you got into a flow state. And a flow state is something I'd love to talk more about on the podcast. I'm super fascinated with the idea. But a flow state is basically when you are just sort of in the zone, you know, running it back to basketball. If a shooter is on a hot streak and they're just knocking down every shot, they're kind of in a flow state at that time. You know, if a surfer is catching every wave, there's a good chance they're in a flow state. This can happen in jujitsu. And being able to get ourselves into a flow state is one of the things everybody wishes that they could do, especially as the levels get higher. And people that can consistently get themselves into a flow state tend to be some of the best grapplers. And, you know, it's not necessarily realistic that, you know, a hobbyist or an enthusiast can get themselves into a flow state super regularly. But those rare times that you do perform way above what you normally would, it can be helpful to write down a bunch of stuff afterwards in terms of, what techniques did you do? Did you try anything new? Did you have anything that was on your mind when you went into class? You know, were you listening to any kind of music or or anything that had you in a certain mood before you went into class? Were you exceptionally fired up? Were you exceptionally relaxed before class? Were you exceptionally or unusually indifferent? You know, different mindsets uh, help different people out. Some people perform really well when they get really fired up and just almost thinking of it like, okay, I'm going to end a fight. That's not me at all. Other people do really well when they almost go into it like they're waking up from a nap. They're just going out there and just letting the dice fall where they may, totally freestyling everything, and that's their best way to perform. But usually if you have a night 
where you perform much better than expected, it's because something was different, either in what you executed on the mat, when you made the decision, you know, to do the things you did, maybe you thought more than usual while you were rolling, maybe you thought less than usual while you were rolling and you had kind of an empty mind. In my experience, that's usually more of what it is. But definitely try to write that stuff down and try to do it within a day, I would say, you know, because the more time gets away from you, the more it's kind of like a dream and you sort of lose the details and you can forget what happened. Some people have ridiculously sharp map memories and they can tell you what happened, you know, in a role they had five years ago and other people can't tell you what they did 10 minutes earlier. So those were the main things I wanted to talk about on this episode. Uh, the next episode is going to be about some very unique things about ADCC, the Abu Dhabi Combat Club. Uh, it's sort of the pinnacle uh, competition for no-gi grappling, no-gi jiu-jitsu. It happens every two years. They had to postpone it last year due to COVID. And I actually did an episode on my friend Matt Scaff's podcast uh, called the Grappling Discourse Podcast. That episode launched yesterday, and the episode is called ADCC History. We talk about some fun ADCC trivia and history, some of our favorite matches, some of the matches we're looking forward to at the ADCC World Championships coming up later this year. And so it really got me wanting to talk about some unique things. ADCC is a very interesting and unique tournament. There's nothing quite like it. And I wanted to talk about some of the myths, some of the strange things surrounding the invitation and qualification process, uh, and just do kind of an ADCC-focused episode. Uh, The West Coast Trials are coming up um, first weekend in April. I'll also be doing an episode uh, breaking down some of the brackets for that event, the, the favorites. I might do that episode with Matt Scaff as well. If that episode is not on my podcast, it'll be on his, and I'll probably put at least something up here with a link to it. But ADCC is going to be the focus for the next episode, but I really wanted to get this one out after the last week I've had. If you have been having awesome training sessions, I hope they continue to be awesome. If you've been having subpar training sessions, I hope that they get better, and I hope that something that I've said on this episode here ends up helping you out even in the smallest way uh and again if anybody needs anything anytime feel free to hit me up uh on instagram at drew dars uh or on you know reddit anywhere you i guess those are really the only two social media things i'm on so i got a youtube channel too so you know drop me a line on there anywhere you want and i'll do my best to help you out Love everybody. Uh, Stay safe. Have fun. And yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Everyone have a good one. Peace.